Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Buggies broadcast, season two, episode twenty-three. My name is Luke Hatfield, and as always, I'm joined by our West Brom correspondent, an all-round good guy, Matt Wilson. All-round good guy. All-round good guy. Is that a good compliment? Yeah, fair enough. Happy with that one. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. No You're worries. not too bad yourself, Luke. I'm okay. I'm okay. Not all-round good guy. Fifty percent good guy. Fifty percent good guy. <laughs> Got a mean streak in you. <laughs> yeah. Um, first, first podcast in the new year, Matt. It is indeed, yeah. It's been a hectic uh, Christmas schedule. I'm absolutely shattered. Yeah, I'm feeling it already. Uh, any New Year's resolutions for you, or are you are you, are you all done with those now? Um, you put me on the spot. I, it's such a busy time of year. What with uh, transfer window opening, games coming thick and fast. I haven't even thought about that. Um, New Year's resolution: something boring, probably like eat more vegetables. Yeah, a, it's not a bad one though. It's yeah, not a bad one. Not a bad one. Partaking in dry, dry January? Absolutely not. Yeah. Mine, no. mine didn't last long. I, I was having a drink on the 2nd of January. I got too many... Um, I got given too much booze for Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I've got too much left over as well. I can't be doing dry January. It's ridiculous. What's your go-to tipple if you're on a night out, Matt? Uh, oh, it's been a long time since I've been on a night out, like a proper night out. Um, I'd normally just get a Guinness. I was expecting a vodka Red Bull or something oh, like that. No, I can't. I hate vodka. No way. <laughs> oh, and Red Bull. Yeah, if you don't like either of them, it's not going to be a good Is that what you drink? Is it that was what, when I was at uni. Is that what the kids drink, is it? Vodka yeah, Red Bull. when I was at uni. Um, I don't do that anymore. I'm more of a cocktail man now. You're a cocktail man? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A right. L- little bit more cultured, I think. Like what? what what's your favourite cocktail? Uh, it's actually a caipirinha. It's, it's like a um, what's that? South American drink, so it's got like a catcher in it. I think that's how it's pronounced. Right, okay. And it's like lime, lemon, sugar. Okay. It's very refreshing. Sounds nice. My concern with all those drinks, like vodka Red Bulls and cocktails, is that it's full of sugar, so you can be up all night, aren't you? Vodka Red Bulls, certainly. Yeah. Uh, cocktails, not so much. I think I think they're, they're okay. I mean, they are, they've are they got sugar in, don't get me wrong, but it's not quite like down into vodka Red Bulls. Uh, see, I'm more of a go to the pub, sink as many as you can, stumble home, go to sleep. Yeah. Well... It's a good way to go either way. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about let's talk, talk a little bit of football, Matt. Um, we'll quickly look back at the games we've missed because we have missed a couple. Um, very quickly go over um, the Wednesday game and the Blackburn game. Of course, the, the FA Cup game is the most recent as well. Um, but first of all, let's start with the Sheffield Wednesday game. It seems so long ago. Um, nice to see a bit of resilience from Albion. I mean, it was another late show, wasn't it? And when they were at Hillsborough, it was almost the same. Um, I think the goal's been registers an own goal now but Chris Brunt actually popped up at the end um, and, and kind of bundled it home whoever the defender was um, good little comeback from Albion yeah I think that's quite harsh from Chris Brunt it looked like looked to me like he got the ball yeah. um, and I think actually Chris Brunt deserves a bit of credit for his form in the last few games um, there's been quite a bit of uh, criticism levied this way this season um, especially when Albion were playing a the three four one two formation with with Brunt in midfield, mm. but um, in the last couple of games um, with this four three three system and him playing as not the holding mid but the left hand side of that three, mm. I think that's I think that actually suits him quite well. Um, he was brilliant against Wigan in the FA Cup. Okay, Wigan were dreadful. Yeah, um, he played quite well against Sheffield Wednesday as well. Um, Speaking to a few former players who were at the game, they commented on how how um, strong that left hand side was compared to the right hand side. Um, 
and they and they also commented on how Brunt always looks forward with his passing, mm. um, tries to play the brave ball rather than sort of the safe sideways pass. Yeah, um, and there's a lot to be said for that. Now that means that sometimes he loses possession. I think quite a few supporters noticed that, and, and you know when he plays the ball out. of Perhaps he just overhits the pass or it goes out of play and oh, Brunt's lost possession again. But he's trying to unpick the lock there. Mm. Um, I think I think there are better midfielders at doing the holding role. I think Livermore and Barry are better at that role. But I think on that sort of left-hand side of the, of the three, you know, if you've got maybe Barry sitting, Brunt on the left and then Phillips on the right, mm. um, or, you know, if Morrison's not available... Um, I don't think that's a, a bad option at all. Um, and I'm glad. It's a shame that that goal has been given as no goal because it's been a couple of years since Brunt scored, mm. um, which seems odd because you'd, you'd expect him to score more than that. Um, but I don't think he's been too bad recently. Um, maybe he just needed a bit of time out of the team to yeah. sort of um, refresh himself. Um, but yeah, he's come back and looked, looked all right recently. Like I said, played really well against Wigan as well. It's a tough task on that left side as well because you've got Harvey Barnes in front of you. He's not tracking back and it's not for his own doing. I mean, he's been told to do that. He's Barnes is given a free role and and he was given a free role in the number 10 when they played 3-4-1-2 and he's been given a free role on the left-hand side in this 4-3-3 system as well. And this is why I don't think he's ready for the Premier League because he's fantastic with the ball at his feet. Don't get me wrong. He is capable of moments of sheer brilliance um, and his his stats speak for themselves and he's scored some outrageous goals this season including that you know that one against Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough yeah. but his all round game does still need work I, there's no getting around that um, I, I personally think if you're Claude Puel who are you going to trust in a Premier League game are you going to trust someone like Mark Albrighton who's, who's got years and years of experience and knows, knows exactly what he needs to do defensively he's not going to lose the ball in, in, in dangerous positions or you can, or you can trust Harvey Barnes, who is a bit, who is a bit wet behind the ears. Fantastic talent, don't get me wrong. I still think he's a superstar in waiting. I think he's a future England player, but he does need to learn other sides of the game, and he's learning that at, at West Brom. Um, he's given a bit of a free role. I think out there are more. What he's done well is played to Barnes' strengths. Mm. But there have been times this season. I think the Sheffield United game when he lost the ball high up, and Sheffield United went and scored at the other end. Yeah, you know he. He's not the finished article, um, which is why it would surprise me if, if, if Leicester were to recall him. Um, and like you say, he's, he's allowed to, he's given that, he's afforded that free role on that left hand side because he's got Kieran Gibbs behind him, who is very accomplished and very competent. And um, if Brunt is playing, I think he, he drifts over to that side naturally as well. Um, if Morrison's in that role, you've seen him. Have to like sort of drift over as well. So yeah, I I, I think it works quite well. But I, I just wanted to make a little point about Chris Brunt there because I think he's playing well at the moment. And um, you know, he wasn't at, at times at, at the start of the season, but mm. I think he deserves a he deserves a bit of credit now. Made your pitch early to Claude Puel there. I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> I'm sure he is. But uh, I'd be surprised if Barnes got recalled. Yeah, I really would. I mean. Um, there were, I found it I found all the um the the I mean I don't want to go too much into Twitter but the Twitter meltdown when Claude Puel said said something along the lines of 
you know, we we will see when asked if if um, if he would re- recall Harvey Barnes. I think there was some exaggerated reporting of that yeah. of that from yeah. from a few people over in the Leicester area. Um, you know, he just said he, Puel can't come out and say we're not going to recall him because what if he suddenly gets a couple of injuries to a couple of key players and they need him back? And also, it doesn't send the right message to Barnes, does it? That we're not thinking about recalling you even though you've had this great start to the season, you know, he wants to send the message to his player that he is in his plans. In the same way that I imagine that, that Darren Moore sent a message to Jack Fitzwater mm. when he brought him back for the um, for the FA Cup game, even though he didn't play him. You know, my reading of that situation, I suppose, is the fact that although he didn't play Fitzwater, that was a message to him to say, look, you, you're in our plans and we do, we do think, we are, do think that you're capable of stepping up into the first team. Um, and I just wonder if Claude Puel's doing a similar thing with Barnes. Um, you know, <laughs> I find it funny that a few people in Leicester were suggesting that Barnes could be recalled for the FA Cup game an hour before that match, even though he was training with West Brom in the week. <laughs> um, you know, if you're going to recall him, you, you, you want him to be training with the, the team beforehand. So, yeah, I I think we're nearing the point where where Barnes a recall either has to happen or it won't happen and I think I'd be surprised now if if, if Barnes was recalled but um, look you, you can never say never in this game I mean it, all it takes is, is one bad tackle in, in training and all of a sudden Leicester need him so yeah. look, we'll, we'll wait and see but um, I think uh, I think you, Albion fans the longer it goes on the more quietly optimistic they can be yeah um, back to the game as well I mean J-Rod his sending off was harsh and rightly rescinded as well. Um, is that's fortunate because I mean the, the following game you see Jake Livermore sent off and suspended for four games. Uh, J Rod's important, obviously considering Gale's injury history. Having him out for an extended period with the suspension wouldn't have been handy at all. No, not at all. Um, he's up to thirteen goals now for the season level with Gale. Um, he got those two really important goals on Boxing Day. Um, against Wigan and obviously he scored okay they lost to Blackburn but he, he's tucked his penalty away against them as well Ewood Park decent uh, penalty taker by the way he's done very well from the spot um, it reminds me slightly of Harry Kane he sort of you remember in the World, in the World Cup when Harry Kane was doing this weird run up yeah um, sort of jogging on the spot and then and then running forward but that was a mental um, that was a mental um way of preparing himself he'd obviously done that in training like a routine it's a routine flesh memory so if you do that and um, you do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again then your body gets used to doing it so in training he would have done that hundreds of times Harry Kane and it meant that in in game in in game scenarios he takes himself back to the training ground by doing that same routine blocks out all the noise Mm. sticks it into the top corner because okay my body knows exactly what I'm doing when I do this. Jay Rodriguez has got a similar sort of thing. He doesn't he doesn't overcomplicate his run up. Mm. He sort of does exactly the same thing. He almost sort of doesn't do it as pronounced as Harry Kane, but he a little a little sort of jog on the spot, flies forward, sticks it top corner. Mm. And all of his penalties have been pretty good this season. Um the Blackburn one was probably one of the best. Um stuck it really stuck it right into the corner. Um, and that's five from five from him, and it's a it's a it's a curious um, statistic of the season that Albion have scored all five of their penalties that mm-hmm. they've that they've won, and they've not conceded any of the four that they've given away. Yeah. So there's a nine goal swing from the spot, which 
Well, that's only helpful. Um, and I think Jane Rodriguez and also Sam Johnston deserve a bit of credit for that. Um, Johnston saved two. Two of the penalties have been um, have been missed. But uh, yeah, fair play to, uh, to to Jay Rod and, and Sam Johnston there because that's those are crucial goals. Yeah, and that's right. Um, one man who will be missing games, though, is, as I said before, uh, Jake Livermore. Uh, two one defeats at Blackburn. I mean, it wasn't an ideal New Year's Day, was it? I mean, a loss, no points, and a sending off for what is the key player? Yes, it wasn't a great day. Um, it was it was a bit of uh, fatigue, I think. I think the, the team, the first team, looked a bit, a bit. Um, they looked very well. They looked a bit tired. Yeah, Blackburn are a good side, though. I think. I, I think the way Mowbray's got them set up is really nice. Um, I was impressed with a number of their players, Armstrong, Dak. Um, and who's the other guy behind the striker? I've forgotten now. But those 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 three players are are really good. Um, then the fullbacks get forward at will. Elliot Bennett and Amari Bell. I thought they both played really well. And then even at the back, you've got Mulgrew, who's a good player. I just think um, and 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 their defensive midfielders played really well on the day as well. I think Lewis Travis got who Livermore foul was given man of the match. I think. I like I like what Mowbray's done there. They've got a very good good side. I, I'm, I'm surprised actually that they are as, as low as they are. I would. Yeah. I, I thought they'd be sort of on the cusp of the playoffs, but you know they went through a bit of a bad spell um, before they beat Albion. Um, and to be honest, I wasn't surprised to see them get a draw against Newcastle. I thought they were going to win that game because they were a good side, Blackburn, even though they got promoted uh, last season. Um, got some good players. So look. It's the first defeat in 10. It came at the end of a really hectic period. Um, I thought Albion shot themselves in the foot. Now, the corner goes in, straight from the corner. Mm. That shouldn't happen. But it's, it was interesting to, to hear from the Blackburn side of things that, that they work on that. And it was interesting to watch. He's done it before, hasn't he? He's done season. it before. And it was interesting to watch them, them do the same thing against Newcastle in the FA Cup. And it nearly went in. Mm. Um, Mulgrew swung a corner right onto the keeper. They packed the box, six-yard box. And Dak missed a header from about one yard out. He just glanced off his head. Um, so they do that. that. It's a tactic. And I initially thought Johnston was at fault for that goal. But having mm. watched the replays, there is actually no way he can get to the ball. And it's well worked by Blackburn. Now, I suppose the argument is Albion should have had someone on the back post to head that clear, and yeah. arguably they should have done. Um, still shouldn't really be conceding the goal from a, straight from a corner, but it was well worked by Blackburn. Mm. Um, then I thought after that, Albion sort of forgot that they had 30 minutes to go, and they were so desperate to win the game yeah. that they, well, they flooded forward and left themselves susceptible on the counter-attack. And... I put that to Darren Moore afterwards, and he didn't really, he didn't really agree. He thought, no, I think we had enough players back to deal with the situation. Um, Armstrong just outmuscles Gibbs on the byline, and you don't normally expect Gibbs to lose the ball there. That's probably yeah. a bit of fatigue. So maybe there's an element of that, but I think Albion were a bit too gung ho straight after the goal, mm. um, and then two 0 down. And obviously they got themselves back to two one, but they were just so, so eager to get back into it that I think a bit of frustration boiled over with a little more red card. Was it, a, was it a bit harsh? Arguably, but you can't be doing that. You, you, you. If you throw someone to the floor like that, you're giving the referee an opportunity to send you off. And mm. I'm afraid that the decision not to appeal it was the right one because you risk um, giving yourself a lengthier ban, especially after he's already been sent off this season. So slightly harsh. Could have been a yellow, but um, you you can't really have any complaints because you just can't do that. Yeah, you can't throw someone to the floor like that. So 
Um, yeah, Livermore's now out for four games. The good news is, I suppose, is that two of those games were FA Cup games because Albion beat um, Wigan in the FA Cup third round. And uh, he'll, so he'll miss the Brighton game now in the fourth round, uh, as well as the upcoming league games against uh, Norwich and Bolton. So interesting to see what, what Darren does with his... Um, with his uh, his midfield uh, in the meantime. Yeah, certainly will be. And we'll talk about that Wigan game now. Uh, I mean, it was a good result all round. I mean, we, we talked about it in the video afterwards. Everything just worked out for Albion that day. The youngsters got a run out. I mean, got passage into the next round, got the clean sheet. No injuries of no anyway. Um, good day, wasn't it? Well, Darren Moore described it as the perfect afternoon and it's hard to disagree, I think. Um, they rested their big hitters. They won the game. They kept a clean sheet. Pretty much everybody, to a man, stepped up. I thought, you know, as we said in the as we said in the video, um, you know, Jonathan Bond kept a clean sheet on debut. Can't ask for more than that. I thought his kicking was quite impressive. Actually, his distribution is yeah. quite comfortable and and calm at the back. No jitters from him. Um, Mason Holgate looks like a good a good signing. Um, mm. Okay, we're going poor, but. He looks like a he looks like a quality addition. I'd expect him to keep his place for the Norwich game. Uh, right back, you had Bartley. I thought was much better at centre back, um, especially on the right hand side. I thought Adrabio looked. It was reassuringly boring from Adrabio, if that makes sense. Yeah, there yeah. were no turns. There were no there was no shimmies. It was just no nonsense defending. Simple passes. I just quite liked it. I quite liked that performance from him because it was it, it suggested to me that he's got the temperament to be a centre back. Whereas sometimes at full back you think, well, what are you doing? You're trying a bit too much there. Um, Townsend looked good at left back. Um, obviously in front of them, Sam Field had a bit of a jittery first half, I thought, but second half he, he played with a real maturity. Um, you know, got forward a little bit more. Harper was the one that sort of stood out for a lot of people because of his power and his pace and his athleticism and the fact that he's only 18 and he looks like a real prospect. Yeah. Um, but then it was Chris Brunt and, and oh, I've already mentioned and Wes Houlihan, I thought that controlled the game uh, for the first hour. Um, I thought they were both played really well and, and it was it was good to see them, sort of those experienced heads sort of guiding the youngsters through the game and I thought Darren Moore got his, his, his blend spot on in the team you know there's yeah. as I put in the paper you know there's picking a second team without a second thought I mean there's picking a second team with a bit of uh, with a bit a bit more of a concerted effort a bit more calculation and I think he, he really got the blend right between experience and youth you know even up front you've got Liko on one side Sacco mm. on the other two players who are quite similar, but actually at the at the at either end of the of the spectrum. So yeah, um, I think he I think he judged it well, and I think he was rewarded for that. Look, Wigan were dreadful, absolutely toothless. They're in a real they were in a real bad run of form, um, and but you still have to beat them, and and you know it should have actually been two or three. To be honest, it should have been more comfortable. Um, so yeah, promising signs. Be interesting to see. How many of those players keep their space in the team for the game against Brighton? Um, I think a few of them deserve to. Mm. But um, if you look at the cup side, in inverted commas, um, they did well in the Carabao Cup against, uh, oh God, who did they play? Was it Luton and Mansfield? Luton and Macclesfield or Mansfield? Oh, I can't remember now. So long ago. So many games in this uh, in this championship division. Um, they did well in the first two games and then they came unstuck against Premier League opposition and they were quite seriously outplayed they looked a bit weak there so yeah be interesting to see what sort of team he puts out against Brighton um 
there is an argument that those players and that team deserve to keep their space for that game. There's also an argument that if you want to progress, you might have to um, sprinkle a few more first-teamers in there. Yeah, and as you said, you know, good performances across the park. Um, I must admit, when I saw Houdan starting up top uh, centrally, I thought Albion could struggle here. But in fact, he was dropping in, and we did mention this, he was dropping into that false nine position. And he was he was playing football. I mean, the way he was he was tidily just passing the ball, moving the ball really well, kept Albion ticking over. And he's done himself no harm because there was a lot of people expecting him to be off out the door. Now he's given he's given a question to Darren Moore, hasn't he? He has. He's staked a claim. I mean, Hulahan's a player that I love to watch. I mean, I, I I can understand why he hasn't featured as much as 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 perhaps he'd hoped this season because you know you can't really fault the front players. I mean, mm. Gale, Barnes, Rodriguez—they've been electric and they've scored more goals than anyone else this season. Um, this team. Matt Phillips too, and then even how Robson Connor when he's coming in has normally done and done quite well. I mean, he's missed a few good chances, but he's not. You know, he's given the team an extra di- dynamic. Mm. And I, I understand why they picked Hulan up because they thought, okay, here's a here's a, a free agent who could give us something a little bit different that we don't have that little sort of creativity, that little spark. Mm-hmm. He's a different player to Barnes. He's a different player to Sacco. He's a different player to Robson Connor. They are they are all different sort of players. It's quite nice to see Darren Moore build a an attack with a variety of uh, of options, you know, mm. a variety of strengths. Um, but he just hasn't had the, the game time. But in the FA Cup, I just thought it was an infectious performance. Yeah. I thought, you know, he wanted to be on the ball at every single time. He was playing like somebody, he was playing like a kid who just, down the park, who just wants to be on the ball all the time. Um, I mean, it, the thing that epitomised it to me was at the start of the second half, and this might be because he's 36 and he needs to keep, keep himself warm on a cold January morning, because um, it wasn't morning, wasn't it? It was bloody early. Yeah. But he was, you know, he was doing little sprints away from the away from the centre circle and and ahead of the second half. You know, he he was really up for it. He played with a smile on his face. Really, just wanted to get on the ball, wanted to move Albin about a bit. And I like, I loved him in that little false nine role. Um, you know, whether it's going to be um, viable moving forward against you know, stronger opposition, I'm not sure, but. And it'd be interesting to see if he gets a new, uh, you know, an extension on his contract, which is up, I think, pretty soon. I think it might be days rather than weeks. I yeah. think it's, uh, I think it might even be Monday. But I need to get, get that checked out. But, um, you know, I thought it was, it was a, it was really fun to watch that. And sometimes we forget about that element of football. It is supposed yeah. to be enjoyable to watch. And and Hulahan's an enjoyable player. I thought to watch. And you know his his. Um, his nickname is, you know, is the Irish Messi, and I can understand why after seeing that. Yeah, left-footed, diminutive, uses his body well, let low centre of gravity in that false nine position. Okay, he's not Lionel Messi. Yeah, but he's very enjoyable to watch, and I, I just, I just had fun watching him. Um, as with a number of players, I mean, Lico as well. Every time you pass him the ball, you can guarantee that his first touch is going to be an outrageous spin away from his opponent, and you yeah. can guarantee. That, that opponent is not going to be able doesn't know which way he's going mm. is he going left is he going right no idea does Lico even know I think Lico <laughs> knows yeah I think he I think he knows uh, definitely I mean the one thing about Lico is he's got all the tricks in the book but he just needs to sort that that final end product if he, if he mm. had that end product he'd be in the first team I mean he's he's, he's, a, he's a very talented youngster but it's just that final ball, you know. He had that shot in the second half that went wide. He had a couple of pullbacks that just missed their mark, and that's the difference, isn't it? That's the difference between him and Barnes in mm. some ways. 
Barnes finds the bottom corner, Barnes finds the top corner, he finds the man. You need to have that end product, otherwise you're not going to make it. So hopefully the Liga gets a few more chances to to um, to develop that, whether it's out on loan or, or, or whether it's in sort of Albion's first team. But, you know, I think maybe him. I think if it was me, obviously it's different for head coaches who are concerned about injuries and whatnot. But I would be sending Lico and Field out on loan. I'd keep Harper. Mm. I think he's Harper's 18. He had his loan at Blackburn last season. Didn't get too many minutes. But he could be someone who could drop into the first team, I think. But the rest of them, I would send them out on loan. Yeah, and uh, we got our first come to Mason Holgate as well. Very similar to me in the way that he kind of took to the game the same way when we first saw Kieran Gibbs do so. He's... He's essentially a, a Premier League fullback playing in the Championship, and I think it showed, albeit as we said, against a poor Wigan side. Yeah, there was one point where Grigg got in behind him um, in the first half, and then Bond had to make that save. And I don't know if that was Holgate's fault or whether that was because somebody lost the ball um, in midfield. I can't remember mm. who it was, um, and I think Holgate was was on his way on the overlap, and I think maybe wasn't necessarily his fault, but he was caught out of position a little bit there. Apart from that, it was superb. I mean, he nearly scored a great goal. Um, and he scored a header as well. So it, he provided an attacking threat. I, th- I thought his he did the simple things really well. Yeah. I thought, you know, there was no faffing about. He just um, sensible fullback play, sense, you know, clever, incisive, sensible passes. Yeah, liked him. I think I thought he played well. Um, and I, I fully expect him to start against Norwich. Mm. Draw for the fourth round could have been a little bit nicer for you. You would have preferred a home game, wouldn't you? Uh, actually, no. No? So I I'm, I grew up on the South Coast and I used to go watch football um, down the Withdean. Bright, oh, really? Brighton's old ground, um, dreadful ground. It was essentially an athletics track and a few, a few um, seats plastered around the edge, open to elements. If anyone's been there, they will know that that the away fans also were about four miles away from the pitch it was an absolute, an absolute shambles of a ground this is when Brighton were back um, going through real m- money problems before they mm. went to the Amex so but I'm a lot of my pals are Brighton fans uh, season ticket holders and I used to go and watch them I was I was a West Brom fan because of my dad but I would go watch Brighton they were sort of my second team they were the local team Albion as well Albion blue and white stripes it just all tallies up Um but I've never never been to the Amex because last season um, when West Brom went there, I had a wedding that I had to go to. So mm-hmm. uh, someone else had to go. I think Matt Mayer went, one of our esteemed colleagues here at the Express and Star. And I was gutted to miss that game. Um, so it's one of the few grounds in the top two tiers that I've not been to. Mm. And now I get to go to it. So I know it's a long way away for the fans. I know it's, what is it, three and a half hours, four yeah, hours, whatever. It's a long way to go. And... Yeah, it's going to be a long journey, and you know, with this overseas broadcast rights, it could kick off at half past four in the morning. Oh, but God forbid. But uh, but I'm I, it's actually the dream draw for me. Ah, right. So okay. I'm I'm delighted with it. Um, I'll get to go back to the South Coast, and I get to experience the Amex for the first time. So yeah, looking forward to it. Only heard good things about the Amex. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I like Brighton. I really like Brighton as a club. Really like Chris Hutton. Um, as I said, they're, they're sort of my second team. So mm, There we go. So, looking forward to that one. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the transfer window a little bit. I've got a game for you, Matt. Uh, it's called Stick or Twist. It's very simple. Uh, I know you love these games, by the way. Uh, I'm going to give you, as part of the Albion team, 
Uh, and you've got to tell me whether you would stick with the players you've got or twist and maybe bring someone in. Oh, okay. Got from it? the squad? Yeah, yeah. Or from transfers? Uh, from, so from the squad. So I'll say, for example, let's start with the defence. We've already got Mason Holgate. Missed out on Courtney Hawes, though. Do you stick with the players you've got for the remainder of the season or do you try and bring someone in? I think in defence you, you stick. I mean, the Courtney Hawes, yes, West Brom were interested. I think they were looking at him as they were looking at Holgate as well. Mm. Um, although although Hawes is more of a left-sided player. So I think Darren Moore saw it as a long-term a long-term addition, you know, that they could maybe pick him up and, and get him um, one for the future mm. um, as well as this season. Uh, but I think moving to Villa makes complete sense for him because he's more likely to play there. He would have yeah. been... He's a centre-back, isn't he? I mean, he would have been fourth and or fifth choice centre-back at West Brom. So uh, Villa are desperate for centre-backs and Villa, as well. And he's going to play at Villa, so it makes complete sense for him to go there. Um, that was one that surprised me when it when it emerged. Um, and I wonder how much they were looking at Hawes alongside Holgate, although I don't think Hawes could have really played right-back. So, I don't think so. So, look, I, I personally don't think they need to, to, to bolster the defence too much uh, in January. In the summer, yes, because Adarabayo and Holgate are likely to go back to their parent clubs. But at the moment, no. Midfield. So, Matt Phillips' future is one which is a little bit for a debate. There are links with the Premier League there. Um, we've seen Hulhan emerge. Do they need do they need any numbers in midfield? Is, is that somewhere you'd look to twist? Well, I... Think they need a dynamic midfielder with a bit more pace and box to box ability. Mm-hmm. But it's funny, you know, maybe they already have that midfielder in Raheem Harper. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's difficult. I, I think if I think you do want to strengthen the team, but. You don't want to lose someone of Harper's potential either. Mm. So if you bring in someone like Isaac Hayden, who they're interested in um, from Newcastle, are you then risking shunting Harper down the pecking order and losing him as uh, just like they lost Tyler Roberts? Now, I, d- I don't know. Um, it's probably you probably can never have too many players. Um, competition is is always is always important and it's always good to have um, but if you look at that midfield you've got the issue I think I've got is maybe the second half of the season you're concerned about injuries because you've yeah. got Barry thir- turns 38 in February Brunt is 34 Morrison's 32 just come off a long injury Yeah, um, you know, those are players that might not necessarily be fit for the whole time Phillips is slightly injury prone mm-hmm. Um but moving him into that midfield has, has, has revolutionised it as well. Jake Livermore, I mean, he doesn't really ever get injuries, but he obviously has got this ban. Good for a suspension or two. Yeah, and then you've got, and then you've got behind them Raheem Harper and Sam Field. Now, I would wager that's probably enough to get you through. Is it enough to get you up? I don't know. Mm. Um, I, th- I think it probably should be. I think it probably could be. But... If someone of if they think Hayden or someone else or McCarthy, James McCarthy from Everton is going to improve them and, and he they are of that age that can give them a bit more dynamism in midfield, then you know, if they if it makes sense financially for the club, then yeah, by all means. But 
it was interesting to see Harper play so well on Saturday because mm. maybe that, that might have changed a few minds. I don't know. Really opened some eyes there, hasn't he? What's the latest with Matt Phillips? Because we have seen links with the Premier League with him and it's going to happen if he plays so well. And we've seen now that Albion want to try and tie him down. What's the latest on him? Why would you leave? That might, that's my question. Look, you... I completely understand that the lure of the Premier League is great, and everybody wants to play in it. You know, you speak to players; that's all they that's all they care about. It's the Holy Grail. It's the it's it's El Dorado. Um, there's also the financial implications of getting back to the Prem and 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 being on more money than you are at West Brom. But why would you go and join Cardiff or Burnley, who mm. could get relegated this season, and risk not being in the Premier League next season? with West Brom who could get promoted because yeah. we talked about Albion's dip in form in the last two games of the league Leeds have lost the last three Norwich are stuttering a little bit the league is wide open and West Brom have as good a chance as any of going up automatically yeah um, they put themselves in a good position I I would be surprised I think I think the message to the players will be and I, and I, I would I fully expect all of Albion's players to remain actually at the club this this all their big players this January. The message will be stay with us second half of the season. Get us promotion. If we don't go up, we'll look at it in summer. We'll reassess in summer and we'll go from there. Yeah. But but look, we have we we want something good here. We're scoring oodles of goals. There's a good mood around the place. You're enjoying coming to work. You're enjoying playing football. Do you really want to go? And and have another relegation scrap at the bottom of the Premier League and go through all that pain again, just mm. like last season. There's something you know. It's not just the fans that are finding this season fun and cathartic. The the players are as well. So I would be surprised. Obviously, if a club come along and they blow out the water with a twenty million pound bid, then maybe you have to look at it. But I I I think that Albion are going to probably keep hold of them, of, of their big players um, because I think they feel like there's a move, especially with that nine game unbeaten run. Okay, Blackburn was a blip; it's going to happen. I feel like they feel like there's a there's a chance of a movement and they're going to go up. So um, I think Phillips will stay for January. Whether he'll sign a new deal or not remains to be seen because I, I think he probably wants to leave his options open in the summer. But we'll wait and see on that one. Yeah. Uh, let's talk wingers. Wingers. Uh, obviously, we mentioned the Harvey Barnes situation. That one's still a little bit uh, fluid. We're still waiting to hear on that one. Um, but do they need more on the wings? I mean, they've got they've got Sacco who can come in there. Uh, obviously, you've got the likes of Al Robson, Carnu, and and Jay Rodriguez who can play there as well if they want to. Um, but do they, do they need an extra body on the wing? Or well, they don't really play with wingers at the moment. They're playing four three three, aren't they? So um, if you're talking about that front three, yeah. I mean, yes, they arguably they do because if Gale's in, a bit injury prone himself, and then all of a sudden you're down to who have you got? You've got Rodriguez, Barnes, Sacco, Robson, Carno. They've just let Burke leave for Celtic. I mean, he was getting nowhere near the squad anyway. Yeah. Um, so you've got four there, and that, is that enough to get you through? Probably not. Especially if Barnes does go. Yeah, but I, I still don't think he will. But we'll see. But. I don't know. I think you probably want one more. I think you want one more attacking player who is capable of playing, almost doing what Matt Phillips is doing. Because remember, if you you could always push Matt Phillips forward in, yeah. into that front three, and then drops someone else into that midfield. 
Now, the problem is, if you do that, is you lose Matt Phillips' pace and dynamism in that midfield. And maybe that's why they're looking at Hayden or McCarthy. And maybe, or you could drop Harper in there, give, mm-hmm. give a bit of... Because um, sometimes it does... You know, when if you play Barry, Morrison and Brunt, it does look a bit one-paced. Although Morrison's played well, to be fair. And he's, 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 he flitters around a lot. But... I do think that they need that sort of youthful energy in there. So if you, that's what you risk if you move Matt Phillips forward. The idea would be to get someone that can do both. Now that's going to be hard, hard to come by because there are quite a few players that can do that. Um, but maybe Matt Phillips is your versatile man there. And you look at either getting one forward so you can leave Matt Phillips in the midfield, or you look at getting one midfielder so you can push Matt Phillips forward if you need to. Mm. That's, I mean, that's that's how I see the see it panning out. But um, we'll wait and see. Yeah, and lastly, uh, striker. So a central. Striker, we've obviously got Gale on loan for the remainder of the season. Do they do a deal for him now if Newcastle are able to? Um, that's a lot of fans are asking for it because it doesn't make financial sense for for Albion because the way the loan has worked is Al, um, Albion are paying Gale um, what they were due to be paying Rondon. If that makes sense, yeah. Because Newcastle came looking for Rondon, they wanted him on loan, and West Brom quite rightly said well we're not going to loan him to you unless you give him give us something in return and yeah we want Dwight Gale and but Gale d- didn't want to drop down from his Premier League wages to championship wage because he hasn't been relegated yeah you know if you if you're part of a team that's been relegated then fair enough but <coughs> he's on a contract he's got he's a he's got his right to have that money so what happened is Newcastle are paying Rondon's Premier League wage and then they're making up the extra of Gales. So, um, so Albion. So, Ron, say for example, I don't, I don't I don't know the exact figures, but say for example, Rondon was on around seventy thousand. Yeah, he would have gone down to thirty five for the championship. Say for example, Gale was on around fifty five. Um, Albion would be paying Gale thirty five, what they would have been paying Rondon, and Newcastle would be paying making up the rest of it, the extra 20 for Gale, as well as paying Rondon's 70. Yeah, is that via a loan fee at what you'd assume at the start of the season, a lump sum, or would it would it just be a week? I think it was reported as a, as a lump sum. Um, as, uh, yeah, I think it was reported as a lump sum, but I don't think it's actually the case. I think they... Either way, they're, 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 they're sending some money across to, to Either fill way. out the, the way. So, with that in mind, it doesn't make financial sense for Albion to go to Newcastle and ask for it to become permanent because then they have to pay Gale they then have to pay more for Gale than they are at the moment Mm. so it's up to Newcastle to make an offer which is why they would want a cash sweetener if Newcastle came and said let's make this um, temporary switch a permanent one they would say okay well you need to give us X amount of money so that we can cover the rest of Gale's wages for the rest of the season Um, obviously if Albin go up all bets are off because then they, they have money they can probably afford to pay Gale a Premier League wage and then they will probably try and sign him Yeah, I would imagine because I think he's done well at West Brom I think he likes it here I think um, Newcastle, Newcastle like Rondon he's done well at, he's done well there it seems a no-brainer really mm. but you know you never you can never too be too sure because you never know what's going to happen that's it is there anywhere else you, you, you'd maybe add would you, would you add another striker just in case or you think they've got enough I can understand why you would have a striker. Yeah, I can understand why you'd want maybe someone a bit, a bit with a bit more of a physical presence. Robson Carney sort of does that job, but he doesn't necessarily always have the best finishing. I can understand why you'd want someone a bit, a, you know, a bit more of a target man. Um, mm. 
but I think the pro- I think it seems the primary aim is at the moment is a midfielder. And if you were to bet on how many players Albion would bring in this window, including the ones they've already got, how many would you say? So they've signed Holgate. Yeah, I'm go- I'm going to wager they're going to do either one or two more. Mm. I think they're going to bring one one midfielder, one forward. Interesting. I think. Good deal for Ollie Burke, by the way. That that's a great move for Burke. He's got a fantastic agent, Oliver Burke has, because he's got. He went to RB Leipzig for twelve million. He went to West Brom for fifteen million. Now he's gone to Celtic on loan. I mean, even though he hasn't played football for the last eighteen months, so his agent. Well, I mean, his agent will be taking a, a large cut of a lot of those deals. So, but he's probably earned that money. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great move for Burke. Um, it does sort of show the level the the SPL is at, but that's by the by. Um, if he can get some games for Celtic, and if he can, crucially for Albion, um, develop and become a bit more of a household name, um, you know, if he starts to make a name for himself up in Celtic, and his stock rises, that's only good news for Albion. Yeah. There's no option included in the loan for him for them to buy him at the end of the season. Albion still see him as a long-term option for them. Um, they still, you know, and in previous regimes gone by, you would perhaps question the legitimacy of, of these comments, but I think Darren Moore, I, 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 trust, I trust him on this one. I think he does genuinely think there is a chance that Burke can come back at full throttle from a loan spell at Celtic and, and be ready for Albion next season. Mm. Regardless of what division they're in, he just needs games. He needs a bit of coaching. Um, he needs to take certain things on board. He needs to maybe sort out his attitude a little bit, and um, we'll see where it goes. I mean, it's worth remembering he's still a young player. He's still only twenty-one. Yeah, you know, um, if you think about what you were doing at twenty-one, did we all have it figured out? Probably not. We expect a lot from these young footballers quite early on. We you, know, you give them. Stacks and stacks of cash, and expect them to behave um, professionally and not do anything wrong, even though everybody else in the country is allowed to make mistakes. So, yeah, you know, in, within within reasons. So um, we'll wait and see how Burke gets on. But it's a great move for him, a great chance for him, and I really hope it goes well for him because um, every time I've I've spoken to him and interviewed him, he seems like a nice chap, and um, I do. I, yeah, hopefully he gets it. He gets it spot on up there. Quick bit of devil's advocate. If he does well at Celtic and it goes to summer and they offer ten million. Oh yes, you snap your hand you snap my hand off. Seven? Uh potentially. Depends on where and depends on what your own squad looks like. But um of course it depends whether I'll be gone up as I well. I can't imagine Celtic I mean what's Celtic's record signing, I can't imagine they're gonna spend ten million pounds on Oliver Burke. Fair point. I don't think they've got that sort of cash. Right. Uh they don't have that sort of cash, but we do, Matt, we're gonna do another competition. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, we still need another winner. We've had one winner so far this season. We're after another one. Um, for those who don't listen regularly, it's very simple. We pick an anytime goal scorer from three games for the upcoming game week. Uh, if all three of them come in, we pick one lucky listener who has retweeted and follows the podcast on Twitter. And they have a chance of winning. And I'll be sure with their choice of name and number on the back. So the three games this week are West Brom versus Norwich, Wigan versus Villa, and Blues versus Borough. Matt, do you want to give me an anytime goal scorer from West Brom versus Norwich, please? Uh, where's Houlihan? No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, that would be great, wouldn't it, if Houlihan popped up against his old club? Oh, 94th minute. Yeah, I wonder if he's even going to play. But um, 
Anytime goal scorer, West Brom Norwich. I think Matthew Phillips is going to score a goal in that game. Matty Phillips, good shout, good shout. Uh, Wigan versus Villa, and do not say Tammy Abraham. <laughs> I won't say any Wigan players because they're dreadful. Um, no Tammy, so who can play that from? Codger? Likely Codger, but maybe Hogan. He played in the FA Cup. God, he won't score. Um. Unless you go for someone who's almost certain to start, someone like a, a John McGinn, maybe a Connor Hurahan. Well, Hurahan loves a goal, doesn't he? He loves a he loves a free kick. I'll go Codger. Codger will play, won't he? Codger will play, yeah. I'd back on that. And finally, Blues versus Borough. Blues versus Borough. Well, Middlesbrough don't score many, do they? They certainly don't. Um, so we'll go for a Blues player. Um, we'll go for Jukovic. Jukovic. All right. There we go. So if Phillips, Codger and Jukovic score this weekend, if you have followed and retweeted the podcast, you could be winning yourself an Albion shirt, name and number, Home away or change or it's up to you, which you get. Uh, let's go to some questions, Matt. Let's go to some questions. Um, fly through some of these. First up, Sophia outlines. They ask, has Jonathan Bond done enough to leapfrog my hill in the pecking order? Wigan weren't great, but he looked good when he was required. Mm, don't know. He made one save. Did. Wasn't, wasn't the best test of a goalkeeper, was it, that game? No, but he did well. He doesn't. He deserves credit. Um... Can be proud of his debut. I don't know. My Hill, um, My Hill's a good shot stopper on his day. You know, he is he is capable of of, of good moments. Um, Only didn't feature because of illness, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I I I would imagine not at the moment because I think Miles got more credit in the bank than one than one FA Cup clean sheet against a really poor Wigan side. But um, My Hill's not that young, so. It's good to have Bond sort of pushing him, coming through the ranks, um, and uh, you know, uh, competition is only good. So yeah, it's good to have him. Yeah, Ash, Ash Turner, he asks, uh, does the Harper situation remind you of a certain Pogba situation when he was younger at United? Surely, if he's overlooked during Livermore's ban, it might be enough for him to leave in the summer. It reminds me more of a certain Tyler Roberts situation. Um, even even an Izzy Brown situation, mm. I think the main concern is is uh, is not. I think he's too young to be going elsewhere in search of football. I think Darren Moore has shown a lot of faith in him this season. Start gave him all four of his starts for West Brom. Yeah, um, and has uh, and has left and has put him on the in the squad for the majority of the games. Okay, he sort of has to do that because EFL rules state that you have to have an academy player in your in your in your squad. But he's le- he's certainly given Harper the nod over Sam Field. So um, I think actually um, the concern is that a bigger club comes along, picks him up, and drops him into their under twenty threes because they think he's a good player. Um, his contract is 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 up in the summer, and West Brom need to get him signed onto another one. But Darren Moore was pretty confident after the game that he was going to sign a new deal. He was, he was pretty adamant. And I think actually he's shown a lot of faith in Harper over the last eight months, and Harper will, will probably think, you know, he went to Blackburn in the champ in League One last season, didn't play an awful lot. Yeah. Whereas under Darren Moore, he 
seems to be getting chances. So I think he'll probably think, actually, I've got a manager here who really believes in me, really believes in my future at this club. This club has been good to me. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna stay here. I, 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 that's my reading of the situation at the moment. Now, obviously, players, especially young players, can, can have their heads turned and can... You know, if if a big club comes calling, then you could understand why they would want to go. But at the moment, I expect them to sign a new deal. Uh, Callum, what was the question? Sorry, was that the question? Yeah, it was, it was basically likening him to the Pogba situation. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Callum Haywood asking about Isaac Hayden. Any truth in that rumor? We've kind of touched on him already, haven't we? Yeah, I believe I believe there is. I believe there's someone of interest, and I think Hayden wants to leave Newcastle because of family issues. Mm. Um, but the question is whether Newcastle will let him go. Yeah. Uh, Chris Adams, did any of the players do enough against Wigan to change Darren Moore's first team plans for Saturday? Mason Holgate? Yeah. That's probably it, really. I can't think of anyone else that will go into the first team. Jeeves, WBA, asking about the Rondon Gale swap. Um, he said both players are doing better at their loan clubs. Any news on that? Kind of covered that one already. Um, Paul Chapel, how justified would the fringe youth players be in asking for a move? The continual choosing of experience over age means more obviously doesn't rate them. I think that's quite harsh. Um, I think he he quite he does obviously prefer experience to youth. I think there's no getting around that based on the, the teams he's picked this season. But I also think that you look at you look at the youth team players and, and Albion's best youngsters are um, who aren't getting in the team are Samfield. And Rakeem Harper, yep. Carl Edwards, and Jonathan Lico. And then you look at the players ahead of them, and do you think any of them should be playing ahead of the players ahead of them? I wouldn't put any of them ahead of them. Do you think? Do you think Lico should be playing ahead of Barnes or Gale or Rodriguez? Do we think Field or Harper should be playing ahead of Barry or Morrison or Phillips? I don't. No. I mean, I you know. Barry's been brilliant. I understand that people, oh, he's, you know, Barry's 37 and Brunt's 34 and Morrison's 32. He needs to look after the future of the club and the long term future. I get that argument. Um, but Barry's, Barry was brilliant before Christmas in, in, ga- in consecutive games. Um, Morrison's been, I think, been really good. As I said earlier, I think Brunt's improved. I think Phillips has been a revelation since moving inside. I don't think. There is a legitimate argument, really, to start any of them. Mm. Perhaps they could have come off the bench a bit more, given them a bit, few more tastes of football. But to be honest, I'd rather see them go out on loan because I think Sam Fields had enough substitute appearances. I think Raheem Harper's had enough. Sub, you know, I'd rather see him starting games out on loan. Yeah, um, I think that is where West Brom need to. I think although they've used the loan system really well in terms of bringing players in. I think they need, they've underused it slightly in terms of sending players out. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think I think don't think Darren Moore is completely adverse to using youngsters. You know, he's Ida Abayo's played, Harvey Barnes has played. Now, the the argument is, oh, we're well, developing other people's youngsters for them and and le- and not developing ours. But when these teams send you players like Ida Abayo and Hol- and Holgate and Barnes. Written into the contracts are are um, the fact that you that you need to play them. Yeah. If you don't play them, you have to pay. 
Mm. You end up paying. You, you end up paying for it. You end up giving either giving them money or paying more of their wages or whatever it is. So you do need to play them. And I don't think okay, there are buyers look slightly shaky at right back, but you know that's not where any of the Albion don't have a right back coming through the ranks that needs that should be playing ahead of him. Yeah. And Albion don't have a forward coming through the ranks that should be playing ahead of Harvey Barnes. So I I, I understand the argument. I think. Rather than being asked, rather than asking to leave permanently, I think those players should be asking to leave on loan. Mm. I think the likes of Sam Field and Kyle Edwards should be saying, "I want to go out and play. I want to go out and play. Send me on loan. Send me on loan. If you're not going to play me, send me on loan." Yeah, that's they should be knocking on Darren Moore's door and, and asking that. They shouldn't be saying, "I want to leave the club," because I do think that Moore knows that they are good. Knows that they've got potential. He's spoken very highly of a lot of them, and he's played a lot of them in the cup games. But in the league, which is his bread and butter and is what he needs to deliver in this season, lest we forget his first season in charge as a manager, mm-hmm. um, he's understandably relying on the, those experienced players, players like Gareth Barry, who, you know, has won everything, has won yeah. a lot of things in the game. So, yeah, I, I understand the sentiment. I think that, they, but I think they need to go out on loan rather than ask him to leave the club. As a whole, yeah. And WBA Joe asks, could a cup run help our chances in the promotion race, or will it take away our focus? I think it will help. Um, I think when Albion won the championship under Tony Mowbray, they reached the semi-finals of the FA Cup. I think winning breeds a winning mentality. I think Albion have got a big enough squad to deal with it. I think um, I don't think it will take away the focus at all. Agree with you there. Agree with you. Uh, right, let's finish up with our preview uh, of the Norwich game, Matt. Um, it's a big old game, this one. Um, Norwich only three points and two places ahead of Albion. I'll tell you what, if they get a result here, I mean, it'll be it'll be a huge boost. Yeah, they'll, go, they'll climb above Norwich and they've got potential to go into the top two. So, for the first time in a few months, because it's been Norwich and Leeds for a while now. So, um, yeah, it's a big game. I don't think anyone needs telling... Um, Norwich won a bit of a poor run of form. They lost in the FA Cup. Okay, they had a man sent off and it's a much changed side. But they lost in the FA Cup. Certainly hit a hurdle, haven't they? Yeah, th- th- those um, those late goals have started to dry up a little bit for them. Um, Thank God. Yeah. Um, but Albin too, you know, I, mean, I know they won in the FA Cup, but Albin too hit a bit of a hurdle, drawing with Sheffield Wednesday, losing to Blackburn. So um, both teams will be refreshed and, and ready. I'm... I'm, I'm Fully up for this, um, Norwich. I still think I. I still think, and, and I hope that Albion have a bit too much for Norwich, particularly at home. Mm. Um, I think if they put out a full strength side, you know, if they play that four three three, Johnston, Holgate, Higazi, Dawson, Gibbs, Barry, Morrison, Phillips, Barnes, Rodriguez, Gale. If they can get all those players fit and available and out on the pitch. They should be. They should win. You reckon they will be fit? The only two that are, that are up for the debate are uh, Higazi and Gale. Um, but they were targeting this game. They were mm. targeting this game to get them fit for. Darren said they were nearly ready for the, the FA Cup game, but he was not going to risk them. And I can understand that. And in fairness, if Higazi, I mean, Gale's a big one, but if Higazi's not fit, Bartley put in a decent performance the other day. Yep. So under a bio, um, I'd still prefer to have a Gazi back. 
Yeah, I think he played well before his little break, and I think that's a strong side. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how this one pans out. Um, this is the chance now for Albion to to really stake a claim uh, as 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 and, and get into that top two, and then try and try and hold on to that spot. Um, they've done well against the big sides throughout the season. Obviously, beat Norwich away, beat Sheffield United away. At home, they've beaten Leeds um, in that crucial match. Yeah. Um, so they've done quite well when they've come up against the big teams. Derby's probably the one exception, isn't it? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think it could be. Uh, it's going to be a cracker anyway. I'm so glad it's Saturday three o'clock. It surprises me, but uh, should be a really good game. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Mr. Tricks guy, I think wouldn't mind the same result as as it was at Carrow Road. Four three. Oh God, yeah, that was a roller coaster. That was. Uh, that was in the days of the of the other formation, though, wasn't it? That was in the days well, that could have finished six six four to Norwich. To be honest, they uh, started. I mean, the way they started, they were absolutely phenomenal, weren't they? Norwich, they came out and they had like three golden chances straight away. They did. They? they missed the penalty as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It was a crazy game. That was, um, and that was Albion's first win of the season. And back then, Norwich, we didn't know Norwich were going to turn into this this side that would that would go for promotion. So. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, it was an unconvincing win actually. Although they scored four goals, it was mm. unconvincing. Tim Krull had an absolute howler. I think he threw two into his net, um, or he threw one into his net and gave away a penalty. Anyway, um, yeah, I, that but that was an important win for Albion because it was their first of the season after losing to Bol- um, after losing to Bolton and drawing with Nottingham Forest when it got them up and running. But it wasn't convincing by any stretch. Hopefully, something is slightly more convincing uh, on Saturday would be would be very welcome. And you know, I think. I, if they can, if they can beat Norwich, okay, Sheffield United might they might not even be in the top two because if Sheffield United win, yeah, they won't be. But if they can beat Norwich and climb above them, then you know that might give them the psychological edge to sort of finish above Norwich this season. Can you call it? I think West Brom will win. Give me a score prediction. I think they'll win two one. Two one. Yeah, we're going three all. Three all. Three all. Bloody hell. No, I think I think West Brom's defence is more solid than that these days. They've got one of the best in the last ten games in the in the championship. They've got one of the best defences. I think since moving to a back four, they've looked a lot more solid. They don't concede loads of goals anymore. Um, I think if they have Hagazi back, I think Mason Holgate adds as well. I think a back four of Holgate, Dawson, Hagazi, Gibbs is solid. Uh, even 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 Holgate, Dawson, Bartley, Gibbs. I think that's solid. I think. I don't. I can't. Well, you never know. I mean, Norwich scored quite a few goals. To be fair, so yeah. Pookie's a good player, isn't he? Uh, yeah, so. he's been popping up with goals all over the place. So, but I, I think West Brom will win. I think they'll win two one. I hope you're right. So hope do you're I. Right. I'm looking forward to it anyway. We'll both be there. Um, anything else to add, Matt? Just about wraps it up. No. Don't all right. Think so. so, Albion take on Norwich this weekend. Make sure you're with the Express and stuff for that. And always, we'll be coming with another podcast next week. But for now three points to the album good luck to them Uh, and Matt thank you and thank you all for listening